Hello folks, uh, I'm an English author, my name is Brian Bennett, I've written a book called A Bansy Boy and I'm going to do my best to try and make you laugh. Uh, I'm going to start off with two stories about my brother. My brother passed 20 years ago but uh, I love my brother and I still miss him to this day. But I've got two funny stories about him. I want to picture the scene, it's June the 16th in England, that's the start of our fishing season on the rivers. It's 5.30 in the morning and we wanted to go and fish our two favourite pegs. We wanted to get there before anybody else. So we're walking across this field and we can see the river in the distance and the mist is rolling along the river and it's all foggy and it looks horrible but it's going to be a lovely hot day we get to the first gate and we go through the gate and we're walking across the field and what we've got to do is get to the next gate and then the air pegs are just past the gate well we get halfway across this field and it's dead quiet it's thick fog you can't see anything it's silent and all of a sudden we hear I looked to my brother and I said, I don't like the sound of that kid. He said, neither do I. So we take a few more space, a few more steps and we hear. I said, kid, I'm off. So there's a hedge along, running along the right hand side of the field. I know in this hedge there's a five bar gate somewhere. So we ran to the, the hedge. And we could hear this rumbling behind us. It's like bloody thunder coming across this field. We're running as fast as we could. Get to this five bar gate. And I'm over the top like Linford Christie. Never even took to the top. My brother's about two seconds behind me. And as he's going through the air, this ball is at the gate. Bang! It's hit it so hard, it's bent the gate. It stood there. There's snot and there's flames and there's steam coming out of his nose. His eyes are rolling and he's dragging gripping clumps of earth out of the ground. And he's grunting and growling. I get myself up and look at my brother and he's all tangled up in his box. And the strap is around his neck. So I go and untangle my brother. And we stood looking at this bull and this thing's like 20 foot tall. It's about 47 stone and my brother looked at me and said bloody hell kid I said what's up mate he said I wish I had a pair of bollocks like that <laughs> ah sorry anyway the next story he phoned me up on Saturday morning he said kid what are you doing I said nothing why he said we're going pike fishing we've never we've never been pike fishing before we didn't know anything about it I said, why is that then? He said, I've been watching Mate's on the TV. He told me how to do it. So I said, fair enough. So he came and picked me up in his car. Got off to the tackle shop. Bought some wire traces. Some copper spoons. That's all we had back then was copper spoons. So off we go to this bit of river in Pershaw. Uh, we tied these things up. And I said, what do we do with them then? And he told me how to do it. I said, well, I'll go this way and you go that way. So he said, fair enough. So I'm going out there and I'm chucking this thing and reading it in. And 
it's quiet, it's sunshine, and it's peaceful. And all of a sudden I hear, Kid, Kid! So I reeled in, I go running along the road. Linford Christie again, I'm doing running along the road, my fishing rod. Along the bank. I get to my brother, and sure enough, the rod's bent over, and he's got this pike on. And he said, Get the net, get the net. So I get the net, and between us, we get this thing in the net, and it's huge. You know, fisherman's tail, it's about. Oh, but this thing was. Massive. So we get this thing on the bank, and we stood looking at it. I said, What do we do now then? He said, Well, we've got to get the hooks out. I said, How do we do that? He said, Well, Matt, he's had this thing that opened his mouth. And then he had these long tweezers that he reached and he got the hooks out. I said, Have we got any of them? He said, No. Nah. I said, What are we going to do then? He said, I'll tell you. I'll get it between my legs. I'll hold its mouth open. You put your hand in, get the hooks out. I said, Piss off. I said, Have you seen all them teeth in that thing? And there's millions of teeth, and they're all facing backwards. And they're white and they're sharp. He said, Ah, be okay, be fine. He said, be fine. I said, Kid, I said, I'm not putting my hand inside that fucking thing. He said, Mate, he said, Trust me. He said, I'm, I'm telling you, it'll be fine. I said, if you're sure. So he gets this thing between his legs and he's, he's opened his mouth like that. And I'm looking at this thing and I put my hand in its mouth. And it was fine until I touched the hooks. As soon as I touched the hooks, this thing's gone mad. It started flapping. My brother's gone over backwards. And I've got this thing on my hand and it's ripping me and it's flapping and flopping and it's, it's all over the place. It's hitting the ground and it's jumping up and down and ripping chunks of skin out my hand and oh god there's blood and there's not everything i'm trying to get it off get it off and my brother jumped on it and this thing is clamped onto my hand and there's blood and snot everywhere so he prizes this pike's mouth open and my hand's just torn to bits so we wrapped it in a towel i said what do we do now then he said well he said, we've got to get the... He said, I was going to kill it anyway. He said, so we may as well just kill it. I'll take it home and try and eat it. I looked at my brother. I said, what do you mean we're going to kill it? He said, I was going to kill it anyway. I said, well, why didn't we kill it before I put your hand in his mouth? I never thought of that, he said. So, kills his pipe, takes it home. Off we go to A&E. So it goes into A&E and there's blood seeping through the towel and I goes in and this nurse is pulling all these teeth out of my hand and she puts all these butterfly stitches on the cuts and I, oh it's a nightmare. And I, she bandaged it all up and I stood up to go, so where are you going? I said, I'm, I'm finished then. She said, nah, nah, you've got to have a tetanus injection. She said, drop your trousers. Well, I'll tell you, she stuck this needle in my bum. And the pain from that was worse than anything that the pike did. So I get, goes out and I goes out. A few days later, I saw my brother. I said, what was your pike like, mate? He said, God, it was horrible. He said, it was disgusting. He said, it was so bad, the cats wouldn't even eat it. <laughs> There's a bloke called Ben Drake, a very good friend of mine. 
uh, he invited me down to Newbury to give a talk on fishing. And he said, I'll put you up, mate. He said, I'll put you up, I'll feed you. He said, don't bring any money. Your money's no good down here. He said, just turn up and everything's sorted. So I turned up at his house. He's got a lovely house, its own lake, everything. I pulled into his yard, four Alsatians, one at each door. I went to open the door and it, I thought, get out of there, so I blow the door. He come out and he called the dog. He said, what's the matter with you? I said, I ain't getting out with them things there. He said, no, they're fine. He said, don't worry about them. He said, they're fine, they ain't gonna hurt you. So he goes in, he takes me up to my room and we sat down and we had stewing dumplings and we've gone off to the talk and I've given the talk and we've sat on the cider and you know it is, it's Brian Bennett, he knows a lot of stories. I've had a few ciders, I've sat in the corner telling stories and I've got all these blokes in bits, fits of laughter. Gets home from this uh, this evening about two o'clock in the morning. I goes up to my room. I'd been in bed about 20 minutes. God, I wanted a wee. God, I wanted a wee. So I go to the door, open the door, four Alsatians in a line. I open the door and they've all stood up. So I'm looking, I thought, oh, God, I have a piss. Where am I going to have a wee? I've looked round and I can't find a sink. I can't find anything to have a wee in. So I thought, right, open the window, stand on a chair at the window. Oh, the relief. The relief was magical. Four times during the night, I got my out the window. <sighs> Next morning, gets up, big five breakfast. Beautiful. They thanked me profusely. Uh, for going down and doing what I'd done and I said a big, big brilliant I like brilliant time I walked outside the, the door to go home I looked down and oh, there's all the dog's dishes there and each one of them was full of green cider wee <laughs> revenge was mine <laughs> now this story is true it was going back to it must have been about 1972, 73. Uh, everybody in, in England then was more or less on strike. Uh, my brother and my father were both on strike. The only money coming into the house was my older sister. And uh, it was coming up to Christmas. We've got no money. We've got no food. We've got nothing for Christmas. For Christmas dinner. While I've... Been, I've got. I used to go do a lot of shooting, so I was always out with my shooting bag. I was collecting cabbages and sprouts and whatever I could find was going in the bag when I was out shooting. I used to shoot ducks and pheasants, whatever I could. And I kept walking past this field with all these turkeys in. And uh, there was hundreds. I mean, there was literally hundreds of these turkeys. And they used to follow you, as you walked past, they used to follow you down the edge. So I got to get to the brook where the hedge, the fence from this field runs along the side of the brook. I'm leaning against the gate looking at these turkeys, I thought. 
I reckon I'm going to have me one of these. So I, the next time I went past, I'd got two pieces of bread and I started feeding these, chucking this bread in for these turkeys. They loved it. Kept pecking, having this bread, I thought, right, I've got a plan. So the next day, I goes down to the this, this fence by the brook, over the fence, and I've got a pair of bolt cutters. I've cut some strands in the wire fence that, the holes in the fence were about, what, four inches. And I cut three of them, so there was like a gap of about a foot. So I did that, and then I, the, the next day, I went down with some bread, and I'd got this string, thick string. And I made a, I pulled this wire down, so there was a big gap in the, in the, head, in the fence. Hung this string off the wire, with a loop in, put some bread this side, by both sides, that side first, and this side, and I lay on the bank. Now, you gotta take it into consideration. I'm 13 years old, right? I'm not very big, I'm not very strong, but I've got a plan. So, I'm, I lay on the side of the bank by this fence. And I'm watching these turkeys and they're getting closer and closer and closer. And they start eating this bread. And one's getting a bit brave and he, he stuck his head through this loop to get to the bread. I yanked on this loop, this string. The loop closed around this turkey's neck. And it's walking and I've got hold of it in both hands and I'm pulling it. I've pulled it through this hole in the thing. And it's flapping and it's in huge it, wings are flapping it's squawking and i'm hanging on to it for dear life i've gone over backwards straight into the ice cold brook spur loose and i've got this turkey in it fucking it's trying to take off with me and i've got eventually got my arms around it and i've held it head, it's head under the water and it's kicking and it's there are all these bubbles coming up and eventually it stopped moving I'm absolutely soaked. It's freezing cold. I got this turkey and it's huge. It is. It's more like an ostrich than a turkey. It's huge. So, so I guess my coat off. Wraps this turkey in my coat. And I'm shivering. Right. So I walk up, up the lane to my Uncle Pips, which is at the end of the lane. And I walks in and he said, bloody hell, Benny, he said, what have you been up to? I said, I got this Uncle Pip. He said, where you got that from? He said, you got it out of that field, didn't you? I said, yeah. He said, I suppose you want me to clean it and pluck it, don't you? I said, could you? And he said, of course I will. He said, go in there. He said, the missus in there, she'll get you warm. Well, she'd got four boys. So she put me in the bath, redressed me, because... Everything was soaking wet. I'm sat there drinking tea and I'm by the fire and I'm getting warm. And Uncle Pip come in about an hour later and he got this turkey on this platter. And this thing was huge. It was massive. I've never seen a turkey like it. It must have been the biggest one in the bastard field. So he says, come on, I'm young Bennett. He said, let's go home to your dad. So I guess I guess 
gets home with me Uncle Pip and we get to the door and he says, oh, he says you better have this turkey and take it into the house. So I got his turkey and he opened the door and I walked into the turkey. And my dad comes out and he looked at me he said, where did you get that from? He's just going to say something else. He looks at my Uncle Pip and something passed between them. It was obviously a look of some sort. Uh, he said, uh, that's Christmas dinner there, isn't it, mate? I said, yeah. He said, well done, son. Put my thing down. And I'll tell you what, that's the best Christmas turkey we ever had. There you go, there's a story for you. This next story is about Victor. Victor is one of those people that, once he's got an idea in his head, he won't leave her alone. So Victor wanted me to take him trout fishing. It's January. It is freezing cold. There's frost and bloody snow and there's all, it's just freezing. I said, there's nowhere we can go, Victor. He said, oh, there must be somewhere. He said, you must know somewhere. And I did actually know where there's a spring-fed pool. So after the pool, I knew would be frost-free. So I phoned the farmer. I said, are you open, mate? He said, you, are, you t are you joking? I said, no. I said, I told, I told him about Victor. And he said, well, help yourself, mate. He said, I ain't going to charge you. He said, just go and put the boat back where you found it. Leave everything as it was. You won't catch anything, but go and have a nice time. Merry Christmas. I said, cheers. So I phoned Victor, gone and picked him up. Off we've gone over to the, it's freezing cold. We get to this pool and half, the, half of it's frozen as I thought it would be. We set all the rods up and turned the boat over, got out into the boat to the edge of the ice and fished back towards the, where the water's coming in. So we've been fishing about 20 minutes and it's freezing. I'm talking, it's cold. My fingers are blue. I said, you had enough yet, Victor? No, 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 no. He said, I'm enjoying myself. So we're fishing away. I said, we ain't going to catch nothing, mate. He said, don't marry. He said, I'm out here. He said, I'm having a nice time. So we carry on fishing. Not 10 minutes later, I've got one. Oh, I've got a trout. Get this trout in the, in the net in the bottom of the boat. The priest that I that I used to kill these fish was a gift from a chap in a factory. It was solid steel, stainless steel. It, it got a grip on it and everything. And it weighed about seven pounds. If you hit these trout too hard, their eyes used to fly out. <laughs> so I took this thing out of the bag, smack, I've killed this trout. Put it in a bag, hung it off the rollock on the side of the boat. Starts fishing again. I said, you had enough yet, Victor? He said, no, no, I want to catch a trout. I said, you can have that one I've just caught. No, I want to catch my own. I said, well, carry on then. So we're fishing away and I'm absolutely froze. Not, look at me, I've got another one. I couldn't believe it. I've got two. <laughs> anyway, I get this fish in, smack, in the bag. I said, I'm ready now, Victor. I've had enough. I'm really cold. He said, 10 minutes. He said, 10 minutes and we'll go. I said, all right, 10 minutes and that's it. So we've been fishing about five minutes. He said, I've got one, I've got one. I looked around, sure enough, his rod's bent over and it's 
it's jigging away and he's got this fish and he's got it in the bottom of the net. It's about four pounds, proper, a proper fish. He's got it in the bottom of the boat. He's picked my priest up. Right, now this is no, no burn of a lie, right? Whether this trout knew what was coming, I don't know. But Victor's holding this trout. He's just gone to hit it. And this trout's moved. And he, he's hit his thumb. I started laughing and Victor's got his thumb. Oh, I broke my thumb. Oh, my thumb's broke my thumb. <laughs> I'm just killed myself. I could not stop laughing. <laughs> I said, let's have a look. He said, no. He said, I ain't letting go. He said, I'm not letting go. He said, I said, oh, God. So I killed the fish and put it in a bag. I started packing all the stuff up and we've gone back to the bank and I put all the stuff in the car and turned the boat over and put everything back to the way it was. And Victor's walking along the bank like holding this stuff. She's going, oh, my thumb. Oh, my thumb. I let's have a look, Victor. He said, no. He said, I'm not letting go. So we get to the car and I get him in the car and we start coming home and I've got the car heater on and he sat there. I said, oh, is it Victor? And he's rocking backwards and forwards. He said, oh, it's broke. He said, I broke me thumb. He said, oh my God, he said, it hurts. I said, let's have a look, Victor. No, no, he said, I'm not letting go. So we pulled up to these traffic lights. We're about five miles from home. I said, Victor, let's have a look. I said, I'm not moving till you show me. He's took, he's took his hand off his thumb. Right. <laughs> Just about there. The thumb is purple. But there's a white line there where he's hit it. <laughs> and it was about three times normal size. It looked pretty bad to be fair. I said, do you want to go to a &E or do you want to go home? No, take me home, take me home. So I goes home, takes him to his house, gets his fishing stuff out the car and he'd got a long driveway to his house from the main road. So I walked down to his house and knocked on the back door and walked in. And his wife's there and I said, it's, he's fine, I tell him, he's fine. I said, he's had a bit of an accident. I said, well, he, he's okay. She said, what's that silly sod done now? I said, he's, he's okay, I said, he'll be okay. I said, he's fine. We looked out the window and he's coming down the path and he's using these little baby steps. And he, he's almost in tears, the poor man. So he comes in the house and he, he sits down in his favourite chair by the log burner. And he sat there and he, she said, do you want a cup of tea? And he said, she said, what have you done? He said, I broke my thumb. She said, let me have a look. He said, no, I don't want to let go. She said, let me have a look. So he went like that and he, he let go of his thumb. And she looked at it and she went, that's not broke. <laughs> the poor bloke was crying and I was crying from laughter.
And I've had to leave them to it. Ah. Anyway, I was, I saw him a few days later and his thumbs were all bandaged up. I said, was it broke, mate? And he said, nah. He said, just bruised. <laughs> We've got this fishing lake round where I live. And it's run by a chap called Stuart. And uh, it's a lovely sunny day. And I'm walking round and Stuart's lay on the bank laughing. And I get round to Stuart. And his underling is in the actually in the water. And he's bent over and he's just laughing. And the tears are just dripping off his face. He's laughing so much. I sat down by Stuart. I said, what's the matter with him? He said, watch this. He said, Ian, he said, hit that post. In front of Ian, there's a post in the water. There's about a, a foot of it stuck out the water. Stuart said, hit that post. So, Ian, he, get, he pulls this sledgehammer out of the water. It's a 14-pounder. It's a big one. Right. He lifts this sledgehammer above his head. He's laughing. He went... <laughs> He missed this post by about a foot and all the water splashed over him and he, he's just laughing. He can't stop laughing. I said, what the hell is the matter with him? He said, mate, he said he's just had his first joint. <laughs> ah, dear. There's a chap called Chris. Very good fisherman. Very, very, very good fisherman. Good friend. Uh, I'm going back a long time now when... Uh, winter warm suits used to first came out and this bloke had developed this suit made of sheepskin inside inside so he'd asked chris to trial this suit so chris said yeah okay and the bloke's measured him up proper measured him up and uh he made this suit well chris tried it on on he's fishing on the sunday Saturday night, he's tried this suit on. Uh, the arms are a bit too long and the legs are miles too long. So what happened to this bloke's measurements? Nobody knows. So, it goes out. He's had about 37 points, three curries, fish and chips on the way on. He gets home and he's absolutely uh, drunk, for a better word. So he thought, I've got to cut the legs off this suit. So he gets the scissors out. Both legs. So he cut the cut these things off. Next morning, we get to the cafe for breakfast where we all meet to draw pegs for the fishing. And he's telling us about this suit. I'm going to be the warmest bloke on the bank. You're going to want one of these within the two weeks. He said, I'm going to sell them or something. He thought, I'm going to be so hot, I think I'm just going to wear a t-shirt. So he drew our pegs and we've all gone out to the car park and we're all putting our fishing stuff on. And it's all quiet, we're all doing our thing and all of a sudden we hear, what the bloody hell? <laughs> we look round and Chris Taylor stood in this suit. <laughs> oh, where he thought he'd cut two legs off, he'd cut one leg in one arm. <laughs> a youngster well say a youngster 20 21 20 i decided i want to learn 
jujitsu. So we went to this meeting and where all these people were just starting. And we went out, me and my mate Malvin, we went out and bought the suits. Put these suits on and we was the business, right? We started going for these lessons and we're doing all the exercises and learning all the the moves and all this sort of stuff. And how to throw people and all. You know, it's brilliant. We were really enjoying it. And we've been going about, I don't know, eight weeks, something like that. Uh, this bloke says that the instructions, right, we want to split you into two teams. One that side of the room, one that side of the room. And he's gone along and he's given each one that side of the room one of these big tomato cane things. Right? He said, right, he said, what I want you to do, I'm on the end because I'm the smallest. And the bloke opposite me, he said, oh, what I want you to do, I want you to run across the room and attack. Right? And he said, well, I want you to mean it. So this bloke says, and I want you, looking at me, said, to defend. And he showed me the move, which was to cross my hands like in front of me. Now that sounds quite simple, doesn't it? No. So this bloke, he said, right, attack. So this bloke's come across the room. And dropped this thing on my hands. And this instructor looked at me. He said, what are you doing? He said, I want you to attack. He said, I want you to attack as though you mean it. So this bloke's gone back to his space. He said, right, now attack and mean it. He's put this tomato cane above his head. He's gone. Aah! And he come right across the room. He come fucking whack. <laughs> he's hit me so hard, he's broken my wrist. <laughs> oh, I've gone down in a heap. Well, you can imagine the next four hours. A&E. <laughs> Plaster. X-ray plaster from there to there. Uh, I never went to jujitsu. <laughs> that was enough of that. Right. Well, I hope you've enjoyed those few short stories. And look out for the next instalment because I'm going to do another podcast very, very soon. Stay safe.